Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Okay, this is probably going to be a pretty long show when I put this all together. This entire podcast was pretty much recorded over Skype. And although you're going to hear about some changes to the Neverland podcast, I do want to assure you we'll be keeping a lot of the things actually the same. Uh, We didn't really cover any news. Normally on the show, we will have some Marvel news or some Star Wars news or other entertainment news. We didn't have any today, and I didn't want anyone to worry about some of our changes that we would not be covering anything like that. Uh, In fact, I did and am editing out a, an entire conversation that we had about Thor uh, losing his worthiness to wield Mjolnir in the comics. Uh, I've decided to remove that. I decided I did not want to spoil anything, and I think I have cut every mention of it out. Hopefully it does not pop up, but I would like to say that uh, if you pick up a copy of Original Sin number 7, it is an eight-part series going on in the Marvel Universe. Uh, it's their big summer event, and uh, issue 7 is where you will see the incident of Thor suddenly becoming unworthy of Mjolnir and no longer being able to lift the hammer, uh, and I don't want to say why. I'd rather you went and re- read it. I-, I do plan on putting a link at NeverlandPodcast.com where you can go directly and Purchase. Anytime I mention that there is a link on a show, you will have to click under podcasts and find the uh, the current show page and go to that actual page and you will find there links to purchase music, uh, movies, comics, whatever it is I mentioned on the show that uh, I have a sale link for. That's where you can find it. Also, I'd like to take this opportunity to mention our sponsors, which on NeverlandPodcast.com can be found on the left side of the screen, being MyComicShop.com and also Roku, uh, Dito.biz, I believe it is. She's a graphic artist. And also Up and Up Travel, which our own Lost Boy Jesse is a travel agent. And so you can go there, and uh, they are a Disney-exclusive travel agent. And Jesse can help you out with any Disney vacation that you would like, including some Disney adventures, going to Alani, going on a cruise and of course going to one of the parks Uh, so we do encourage you to check that out jesse would love to help you out so that's everything now let's just get going with the neverland podcast episode 37 welcome to neverland take a start of the right straight until morning To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And now, please welcome your host for the podcast. He's the pen. I got pen sword on the pen now! Actually, I got his microphone. He's grown up. You promise never to grow old. 
Here age relives fond memories of the past. His nose got real big. And now, your host, Jeremy. All right, then. Welcome back to the Neverland Podcast. It is nice of you to come and download. We really appreciate it. We thank you for taking the time to listen to us. But we really have a lot of fun to have today. But in order to get started, uh, you know what we need to do at the beginning of a show, right? you got to pull your pixie out of your pocket. And sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Heck, sprinkle on a few friends and get that happy thought. We need to fly away to Neverland and we have so much stuff to go through today and mainly dealing with one topic. Here with me we have Lost Boy Jesse. Hello, Neverland. He seems to have flown pretty far off there and <laughs> calling away from the distance. <laughs> But yes, so Jesse is here because Jesse got to do something very cool last weekend. Yes, I did. I went to Disneyland. What did you do with your weekend? Oh, nothing that interesting. Uh, I was pretty much following up on what was going on with the Friends of the Magic meet uh, using social media. I did go see the new Turtle movie, but everybody who uh, listened to last week's show already knows that. So, yeah, overall, not very interesting weekend. Hmm? Great job with that interview. Yeah, that was the easiest, I swear. I just had to get him going, and he he was telling all kinds of stories, and I was just sitting there listening and just having a ball. I'm hoping to get a few more people on, because uh, you know, mainly I seem to pull, be pulling people away from a, a show called Adventures in Odyssey a lot, but a lot of the people who are cast on that show have done so many great things we grew up with that I kind of, you know, I'm using that angle of, hey, I've already talked to this person. Hey, would you like to talk to me? Because I've talked to this person, and... And the nice thing is, is uh, uh, Corey Burton, who's done a lot of work for Disneyland, actually is friends with some of these people that I've talked to. So I'm aiming to maybe have Corey Burton. Uh, Peter Renaday also has done some work on Adventures in Odyssey. A couple of Disney legends, uh, including Will Ryan. Huh? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm building connections through Adventures in Odyssey because a lot of Disney workers have come through there. Uh, so we'll we'll work our way around the gamut. I don't want to do them all at once because why burn ourselves out? We're, we haven't even finished a year yet, so that's still all up and coming. Uh, we're going to talk to as many voice actors as we can because I really like that. Uh, and in fact, well, heck, one good reason to do it is, did everybody see our announcement this week? Did you see it? I did see it. Yes. We have officially decided we are a Disney podcast, which really doesn't mean things are going to change too much. Because uh, really, if you go and if you've listened to us for long, you'll notice that especially when it comes to like news and things, we've covered a lot of Marvel and we've touched a lot of Star Wars. I have actually even shared uh, quite a bit of Disney stuff. We've kind of already been a Disney podcast, but uh, as I'm calling it, you know, we're, we're still going to be the podcast where you never have to grow up. But now I'm adding on to that, we go to, to Disney and beyond. So... Oh, but anyway, so how are things going to be different now that we are a Disney podcast? That means I can I can um, show some insight here. All right, now now see if you can follow me in this, Jesse. This is kind of a weird thought. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm holding on to the edge of my seat. Okay, well, all right. So uh, the only major like movie network thing that I I pay extra money for with uh, satellite is the Stars Network because Stars has a contract with Disney, and so all the Disney and Marvel movies come through stars well the other morning uh it was last weekend uh frozen was on i was like well why not i'll watch it now 
By the time I get to the third time I watch the movie, that's when I start to analyze things. And so this was the third time I'd actually had sat to watch the movie. Now, there is a great... Wait, wait, you've only seen Frozen three times? Right. Only three times. Only three times. I like it, but it's nowhere near as good as Tangled and can't even touch Monsters University in my book. Can you tell I have two little girls? Oh, I'll bet you see it every day, don't you? (laughs) Just about. Exactly. Well, um... So, well, I'm... There is a great Disney tradition of villain songs. If you're the villain, you sometimes you get a song. But, as also is, is a good tradition, sometimes you're not always the villain. Sometimes you start off bad, and but you're able to turn things around. You know, there's always a, a chance, because sometimes you don't mean to be nasty. Like the Beast, he had a really kind of bad temper and everything, and it spoiled. He didn't mean to be that way. He just, he that's the way he kind of was. But he there's learned there's he could change. There's a definite redemption value in Disney movies. The what, the what now? There's a definite redemption value in Disney movies. Exactly. There's there's that point of redemption. And I submit to you that Frozen has that just that such of a, an event going on. Elsa does not mean to be a villain. But from being, uh, we're, we're just from a film point of view, she is the antagonist there at the beginning when she causes her storm. Now, here's the interesting thing. You would think, okay, in Frozen, you're th- if you're thinking, well, Hans, okay, he was kind of the villain, but he doesn't have any songs. Spoiler Elsa alert. Does. Hmm? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, well, they've seen Frozen by now, haven't you? If you haven't seen Frozen, pause the podcast, go find a five-year-old girl and sit and watch it. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, now... Villain songs, as we have noted, like when you said one of your favorites is Be Prepared, right? Yes. And a lot of people like Poor Unfortunate Fortunate Souls. Villain songs can be your favorite songs. Well, I submit to you, El- Elsa's villain song is Let It Go. Now, a lot of people are probably going, what? How is that a villain song? Let's look at the lyrics and see what Elsa is saying with this song. Now, it's been taken as being, this is her, I am free to be who I want to be, and and... Well, that is true, but there's a few other little notches in there that are kind of, uh, ooh, interesting. For one, in one verse, she says, No right, no wrong, no rules for me. You know what that's called? An anarchist. That is her taking whatever moral compass that she had, although her parents, I think, kind of messed things up by locking her up when they should have listened to the troll that said that love would have been a, a good thing and not fear. Uh, big mistake parents there but she had at least some sort of moral area that she's trying to just throw away and have no rules you know what another famous anarchist is in a, in a recent cinema history Can I bet you can name one Jesse uh, you're on your own here bud <laughs> the Joker okay I'll give you that the Joker as presented in the Dark Knight was an anarchist he loved to insert some chaos now Elsa isn't really trying to insert any chaos but she has thrown off her moral stuff is what she's saying right there and she's not going to live by any sort of rules and do whatever she wants so now what does she want to do well uh, take note that at this point in the film we haven't seen the full on effects of her winter so I submit to you what may be bringing it on is during this song, I think it's at least two, if not three times, she sings, Let the Storm Rage On. That is like her 
she's accidentally cursing everybody to have that storm rage on and cause a full winter in the middle of summer. Accidentally, yes. Yes. She's not meaning to do this, but she's not thinking straight. So I'm, I call her an accidental villain because in film school she would be treated as the antagonist, which is basically the villain, but she's she's got a good redemption story in this movie. Uh, but the other thing... Uh, so let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. Well, of course, that completely makes sense. With having a cold power, uh, she's not going to be affected by it, which is very also strange because she also seems to have the power to give life to snowmen, create clothing because she creates both a dress for herself and then later ice skates for Anna. Very strange. And, and who knows what the limits of her power may be, and I can, I can touch on that later. But it, it, she's only thinking about, at this point, herself. The cold isn't going to bother her. She's not thinking of the people. Because I don't think she realized what she's doing. But, you know, think of it this way. The, the main time your crops are going to grow is over the summer, and the last thing you want to have is one solid freeze to destroy your entire crop. Well, guess what she just did? She's caused a famine. Now, the nice thing is, is they do, you know, they're off of the, the, the sea there, so I figure they do a lot of fishing. Once everything's thawed out, they're, they're okay. But it is kind of interesting how, you know, she's really kind of done all this stuff, not really intending to, but it's because she's, you know, with wanting to be free so much that she's become too self-focused and not thinking of the consequences of her actions. Which is how you kind of can become a villain when you don't mean to. Because, heck, in life, there's times you're going to maybe be angry or whatever. whatever's going to happen. You sometimes forget about that your actions have consequences. And sometimes you hurt other people and you don't mean to. And that's kind of what, what goes through with Elsa. It's a very lifelike type of thing. But now here's an interesting thing. I, I, and I love the way this works. I'm almost re- re- reviewing the movie here, which is fine because I didn't. I don't think I got to review the movie back when it came out because I wasn't doing the show yet. But uh, I like how the redemption does come about. Okay, so now follow me on this one too. Anna is told on, well, and Kristoff as well because he's there that an act of true love can melt a frozen heart. Now, who really has the frozen heart? Are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me, Anna? Well, okay. By magic way, you would. The obvious option would be Anna having a frozen heart because she's been hit in the heart. But the true frozen heart is Elsa. She doesn't know anything much about love. She has locked it all away, and she's been living through fear. Fear is kind of an opposite of love. You know, you know, it's fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, that kind of Jedi thing. Uh, so the the real so Elsa's a Jedi or a Sith. Elsa's a Sith. <laughs> there you go. Elsa's kind of a Sith, <laughs> but she could be a great Jedi. She just needs a push in the right direction. So the real frozen heart, though, is Elsa. So now, because now, because if we look at it, there are two major acts of true love given to Anna, Kristoff. Although you can tell, okay, Kristoff really does like her, and even as Olaf points out, well, he must love you to have left you here to another man and him going off on his own. He must love you for that. So there's an act of love when he brought her there to try to save her. Also, Olaf shows sacrificial love by starting the fire and realizing, oh, wow, I'm, this is melting, but some people are worth melting for. Another and right act. there, the curse should have been broken. Right, right. there. Right sacrificial there. love. From both Kristoff and Olaf, curse not broken. Because it isn't Anna that's really having the problem. It's her sister. Now, what what the act of love that like Elsa has, of course, is because Anna 
risks sacrifices on herself to save Elsa. Elsa's frozen heart is then melted as she cries in love for her sister. That act of love of Elsa's frozen heart melting gives her now the ability to love to defrost things because she's able to defrost the entire world but the first thing she defrosts is her sister. So it's very interesting if you really kind of take a look at this. It's, it's actually quite clever but there is one flaw and this this now I'm going to wreck things for you even though I've just pointed out how kind of interesting this is when you look at the characters. Okay, let's back up now to where when Elsa first leaves she's on foot. In one night, she has gone all the way up to that North Mountain. Anna leaves a little bit later on horseback. By the following morning, is still trudging along on horseback. Still has not made it to the North Mountain. Then gets a ride on a deer that, that night. Or, or not on the deer, but being pulled by sled. Still hasn't made it. It takes her at least two days to get up that North Mountain. And she knows where she's headed. She even tells people, so you can't use the excuse, oh, well, she didn't know where Elsa was going. But no, Anna does say, well, I need I need you to take me up the North Mountain. She knows, and I think the reason why she knew probably is because Elsa's power was probably flowing from there. You could probably see that from the mountain. You, They didn't show it, but they kind of do it on Disney Infinity. When you have the frozen uh, background, you can, you can see Elsa's castle, and it does kind of look like it's got power emanating from it. So we can figure that Anna did see the power and knew where she was going. But why does it take her two days when Elsa did it in one day? But So here's another power I submit to you Elsa might have. Maybe she can fly, or if you've ever read any X-Men comics or even saw the newest X-Men movie, Iceman has the ability to make an ice slide, and he moves a bit, moves quite a bit faster than he would be if walking. So Just like I, Frozone. Yeah, or Frozen. Yeah, Frozen was really based off of that. So what if Elsa was actually able to do the ice slide thing, but we never got to see it? That's emails at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Or voicemails at 816-226-6492 with your thoughts or opinions on these theories. So that was something I noticed when I started analyzing Frozen. But now I can actually talk about things like this because we're kind of a Disney podcast. (laughs) Hey, Jeremy. Yes? Frozen's a movie. Let it go. Did you rub my lamp? Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here?
there'd be no fish to tell when you're floundering. What am I, some kind of barnacles on the ding of your life? I ain't no doctors, but I know that I'm losing my patience. What am I, some kind of judge or lawyer? But I knows what law suits me. So whatever. There ain't no physicist, but I knows what matters. What am I? I'm Papa, the sailor. And I am what I am, what I am, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am, cause I am what I am. Uh, you got it? I think so, yeah. And I've got a lot of muscle, and I only got one eye, and I never hurt nobody, and I'll never tell a lie. Top to me bottoms, from the bottoms to me top. That's the way it is, till the days that I drop. What am I? What am I? I am what I am. What am I? I am what I am, what I am, what I am, what I am. Wondered about myself, to be or not to be, who's asking? I can open up an ocean, I can take a lot of sail, I can lose a lot of waters and I'll never have to bail. The coast of Madagascar grabbed a whale by the tail. What am I? What am I? What am I? I am what I am! Popeye, the sailor! I'm Popeye, the sailor! I'm Popeye! From the the sound you've just heard uh, of a lot of clips there of uh, of Robin Williams, um, we're this pretty much uh, we're I, I don't want to do it as memorial remembrance because I don't want to dwell on the fact that he's gone. I'd rather we celebrate his life and what he has meant to us. Uh, and Jesse has been doing some research and has dug up a lot of fun uh, information about Robin Williams. <sighs> it sounds like a sneeze as well. <laughs> <laughs> It's just still trying to sink in that he is not with us. Yeah, um, I don't want to focus on that. I want to. I want to celebrate right. his life. No, um, and I, I did this mostly as a Disney theme because we are more of a Disney podcast. Yeah, um, there are a few times I've ventured away from Disney, um, but his first his first big screen role actually was a Disney Paramount co production, and that was 1980s Popeye. Hey, g- 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 uh, have you seen this? Yes, I have. <laughs> can you tolerate this? Yeah, I, actually, I can. It, 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 it takes a certain type of love of the characters to be able to watch it. Because there's times I've watched it, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Then other times I watch it, and you know, this this is a lot of fun, and it's a lot of silliness. Now, Shelley Duvall kind of annoys me in this movie, but Robin Williams as Popeye is perfect. You know, I I just don't have the patience for it. I <laughs> It just doesn't work for me on any level. I just no, no, no. What else is available? I just, I just move on. Yeah. But I mentioned it because it was his first big screen role, and it was 
Disney involved. Yeah, and it was a big deal when that movie came out because before that, you know, we'd only seen him in Mork and Mindy, and I absolutely, absolutely loved that show. Had kind of a crush on Pam Dauber, and sometimes watching him when they repeat those episodes on the Hub, some part of me still kind of has a little crush on Pam Dauber, you know. Um, but yeah, he was so great there as Mork. And then when they, it, when I remember when that movie was coming out, I mean, the like Entertainment Tonight and all these media things were just a buzz about him playing Popeye. And uh, so I I don't know how well it did in the box office. Did you happen to see that? I don't have that information. Yeah, because I, I I think it probably had an initial rush before people realized that it, it wasn't a, a great movie. <laughs> right, because this was before the day of the internet where people could say, hey, don't go to see this. Yeah, you would just have maybe some critics. But uh, people tend to be with critics like, yeah, but you never like anything fun. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next the next Disney connection actually came through Touchstones films. And this is 1987's Good Morning Vietnam. I've never actually seen that movie. You know what? I have seen clips of it. I haven't seen the entire thing. Uh, my dad was in Vietnam, and we kind of steered away from having Vietnam anything in the house because of it. Mm. So we just kind of brushed that aside. But... Because of this role, and it was a critical hit, made lots of money. Um, because of that, he had he agreed to do his future Disney roles because of the success of Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, and that one uh, also showed that he could have a serious side to his acting. When he was also he could he was turning on being funny at, at points in the movie, and then he was being very serious and very dramatic at other points, and really showed some wideness of course i thought he pretty pretty much proved he could do some serious roles actually in popeye you have uh i'm, I'm referring i know and probably most people didn't bother watching because you heard it was awful but there's a point where sweepy has gone missing and everything and he's got kind of this little sad little song he kind of has for uh, for sweepy and everything that i think really showed some acting chops uh for being able to be dramatic at the same time as yeah, even being a funny character Absolutely. In fact, my favorite role that he ever did was um, Patch Adams, which wasn't on my list, but that was a great dramatic role. Yeah, that um, that was a good one. I, I only watched that one once because, it, boy, it was so dramatic. I, I like to have a lot more fun with movies, and that wasn't always a necessarily fun movie because all the I, I can't stand when they all turn on him. I'm like, you know, he's doing some good. Leave him alone, you jerks, you know. Exactly, but it was good acting chops for him. Yes, it was. It was very, very, very good movie. But I, I, I don't like to watch movies that are going to nearly make me cry all the time. <laughs> Still, let's have some more fun. Let's go back to 1992 with his most famous Disney role, Aladdin. Yes, where he yes, was the yes. Fabulous genie of the lamp. That was the end thing. Even uh, after you know, after the movie had gone out and even came out on video, because then people who didn't see it in the theaters had then watched it. But that was the thing in my high school. Yeah, I was in high school at the time. That's how old I am. Uh, it was everybody just had genie quotes. You could have an entire conversation with genie quotes. It was that big. It, it was, and, and the character was made for him. Yeah. I, I feel bad for the animators because I wonder how much of that did he improvise and they had to go back and redraw the scenes to match his. <laughs> well, a lot of times they don't really draw it out until they've got the voice stuff in and then they'll try to try to 
time it pretty well with, uh, and plus they'll 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 get video of the the voice actor's performance, right? Kind of use that as inspiration. So a lot of times they won't draw it until after the voices are recorded, and then the, if they need to, the voice actors can come back and kind of re-record to kind of make sure it, it matches up. Exactly. Uh, so I'm sure they, of course. The one thing that would have been tricky for me, and I still don't know who this guy was, but you know the the weird white-haired guy he turns into because there's a couple of provisos, a couple of quid pro crows. I have no idea who that guy's supposed to be. Yeah, I've never. I don't know that either. If um, you know, send your answer to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. <laughs> or a voicemail at eight one six two two six six four nine two. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. But you notice Robin Williams did not appear in the first sequel, um, right. Re- Return of Jafar, which was also the first direct-to-video sequel Disney ever did, which opened up a whole new can of worms for the company. Yeah, because it sold like hotcakes. It wasn't especially good, but it sold. It wasn't great, and people were disappointed that he had Hank Azaria instead of... No, I'm sorry. Ron Simpson. Um, Dan Castanella. Yeah, Dan Castanella. Homer Simpson. <laughs> yes, and Homer Simpson is no Robin Williams. No kidding. We like him as Homer Simpson. And he's done a, a few other things, I believe, as well. But he's just not Robin Williams. But he did. But Robin Williams did come back. Uh, there was a lot of backstage um, political stuff we won't go into here. Yeah. We don't want to talk about anything negative on this. We're just trying to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. But he did return for the second sequel, The King of Thieves, in 1996. I don't think I saw that one. Um, I saw it one time. Um, it was a kind of a cute movie, but it was mostly a celebration of Robin Williams coming back to play Genie. <laughs> it was like, yay, look, Robin Williams, yay! Um, but also in 92, we had Aladdin, and then a month later, you had Hook come out. Yes. One of my favorite movies. Now, I got a funny story with Hook, though. Okay. Uh, me and my brother and sister were going to see Hook in the movie theater, and we knew we were running late. And we 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 actually rocked into a theater, and we saw what what looked like the beginning, because Tinker Bell was wrapping him up in the thing and flying him off to Neverland. And it seemed like a logical place for what we knew about the movie to begin. So we just came and sat and we watched the rest of the movie and enjoyed it. Not knowing we had stepped into the wrong theater, we actually were an hour pretty much nearly into the movie, and uh, it wasn't until we rented the video later and watched it at home, we're like, what a wow, we really missed a lot, what happened? (laughs) So yes, we walked into the wrong theater, missed half the movie, but still actually enjoyed it, because all the fun stuff really happens when he goes to Neverland. Yes, oh, that food fight is one of the best scenes in, (laughs) in the films, in any movie. Yeah, that and about anything Thud Butt does. I love that kid. Especially when he's fighting pirates and he's knocking them off the boards and everything. He's just like, yes, kick some butt, Thud Butt. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I think my favorite, favorite um, memory-type film has to be 1993's Fox production, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yes. I you saw that? Yeah, I saw that in the theaters with uh, one of my girlfriends. I don't remember which one it was at that time. Oh, it had me in stitches the entire way. Oh, yes. Oh. And I heard they were going to do a second one. They were thinking about doing a second one, which I guess has gone by the wayside now. It, it's been in negotiations. I know some of the actors have said no. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it will happen. I don't think you could really... You, you really can't at this point. 
yeah, you really can't because Robin Williams really sold that, and and uh, I you I love the uh, the how they used Robin Williams' improbability in the scene where he's going through all these different type of things where he's supposed to be demonstrating his abilities as a voice actor to um, uh, the one lady that she was in a lot of stuff at the time. This is the older lady in there, but she's like the social worker for him. And he goes through all these goofy different kind of things. And then finally just, and you're, you're in stitches while you're watching it. But then finally at the end is like, do you consider yourself funny? And he goes, well, I used to, but you have proved me wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful scene. I don't remember her name either. I don't remember her either. But then it's just so funny, the interaction now that she has later with Mrs. Doubtfire and the icing on the face. <laughs> she thinks it's a facial treatment. <laughs> hey, did you see the remake of Flubber? Yes, I did. I saw it once. That's one more time than me. <laughs> what did you think? It, it's actually pretty fun. I, I don't know if it really compares to the original Absent-Minded Professor, which I don't think I've seen in completion. Um, it was. Uh, it didn't have that classic kind of feel, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's a bit sad though, as well. But since you haven't seen it, I will not tell you why. But there is a, an interesting character that is not even human, and it's not the flubber either. That's one of the things that was weird about it, is the flubber. They tried to make into a goofy character, giving him an actual but... personality as, as opposed to the Fred McMurray yes. flubber. Yeah, they tried to give the flubber personality, but there's another character they created specifically for the uh, the remake there that uh, is not human. And, well, we'll just say it's a computer, and uh, it's a it's a very endearing character. And I don't want to say anything else because I'm not going to spoil it because one of these days you'll probably see it. Who knows? But it was a good movie. It's one I do want to see. I've just never made time to see it. Yeah, maybe Netflix will pick it up one of these days. I don't know. It. I don't know that it really did as well as they expected it to, so it kind of went kind of by the wayside. Yeah, it really didn't. They had, they had plans, for, I think, for another film or two, and it just didn't do as well as they had hoped. Yeah. Were you doing Son of Flubber, probably, or something like that? Exactly, I don't know. Hey, did you ever see the movie Jack? Yes, I saw that in the theater. Boy, that's heart-wrenching, some of that. I... I, I guess the premise was he was aging four times faster than a normal human. Is that right? It's something to that degree. And it's funny when he, he's he's sitting there in school and uh, he's kind of adding up on his age and how fast he's aging. And uh, the teacher kind of puts out a, a, a question to the class that she wants them to write like a paper or something on what you want to be when you grow up. And he finishes up the math and he's like, you know what I want to be when I grow up? Alive. Which is kind of done as kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad because you're like, wow. But uh, oh boy, you, it, it'll make you choke up though at the end when he's graduating high school, you know, and he's all white haired and barely moving along and everything, but he's he's made it. He's He's gotten a chance to grow up. So. He graduates high school and has his entire life behind him. Uh, well, that's a downer, isn't it? <laughs> hey, do, you know, do you remember who directed that movie? Nope. Francis Ford Coppola. Really? That's what I said. Wow. Well, that explains probably why it was actually very well done. <laughs> I, I'm, I double and triple check. I double and triple fact checked that. Wow. Well, who knew? <laughs> now you've been to Disney World one time, right? Just once, and was not even on my own dime. It was a friend of mine took me with him because he re- he realized I had never gone. So. Did you ever see Honey, I Shrunk the Audience while you were there? 
I didn't know it was there. Is that an Epcot? Uh, it was. It's not there right now. It's been taken out of the parks. Yeah, that was one of the things that was kind of unfortunate is we had like a, a like a three-day trip. And uh, so we did Magic Kingdom on Sunday, did uh, the, the Hollywood Studios on Monday, and then Tuesday we tried to split the Animal Kingdom and Epcot. We went to Animal Kingdom first, and our feet were killing us by the time we tried to go to Epcot. So we only got so far as doing like Spaceship Earth. And we thought, well, let's try to ride something out there. We went over and did Maelstrom and then left. Because our feet were just killing us. We couldn't hardly stand a walk or stand in line. So I didn't get on Soren. I didn't get on the uh, Three Caballeros ride, whatever that's normally called. I didn't get to see all the stuff that's there. I, I really did. Oh, wait. We did do the, the um, Mission to Mars. I don't think that's what they call it. Mission Space. We did get Mission that space. on. Epcot. Yeah, we did get on that one. And we did do, manage to do the, the old version of Test Drive. It was mainly down everything in that hub, although we completely missed Soren. So... I have to go back at some point so I can catch up on everything I've missed at Epcot because I know uh, a lot of people that is their favorite park in the world and I, I, I really feel like I've missed out. We didn't even get into Journey into Imagination or anything like that. You Although know, I we'll, am reading the Figment comics. so We will have an episode where we can compare our I did D- Disney World wrong notes. <laughs> so I guess I'm not alone and I did. Well, I, I did Disney World mostly right, but we got that part wrong. But bring it, bring it back to Robin. Um, Back to he, Robin. He wasn't in Honey, I Shrunk the Audience per se, but his Philip Bernard character from Flubber was on one of the posters welcoming you to the Imagine Institute's Inventor of the Year reception. Yeah, I have heard that. And then, of course, he's also known for being the timekeeper in the extinct Disney World attraction at Epcot. Um, Which I really, wish I could have seen. It sounds like it was really fun. I haven't seen it either. Um, I did seem real wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that was what he's best known for inside Epcot Center. Yeah. I wonder if there's a YouTube video somewhere that has the uh, the Timekeeper uh, ride, whatever it was called. Was it just called the Timekeeper? It's called the Timekeeper. And I, what I, from what I understand, it was a um, Circle Vision type film. Ooh. So you had an entire 360-degree screen. So that no matter which way you looked, you were looking at something involving time travel. And so it may not translate perfectly onto YouTube, um, but it probably does exist somewhere out there. Yeah, well, that'll be something to look for. So so what else do we have for him? Now, he was made a Disney legend. 2009, he was inducted in 2009. Ah. Actually, right before my birthday, September 10th. Well, Spiffy, happy birthday to you. Robin Williams is a Disney legend. <laughs> and well-deserved. Very much so. Okay, so uh, this past weekend was Friends of the Magic 2014, hosted by Paul Berry of A Window to the Magic. And our own Jesse, then, you went. Hey, let's be fair. Tony Pascal from Above the Firehouse also was co-host. Right. He he does work on there. He likes to make a lot of swag and things like that. So credit uh, to everyone involved because it was a great event and everybody deserves to be recognized. You arrived on Friday. I arrived on Friday, which was the first day of the meet. Um, it was sort of the pre-meet kind of day. The pre-meet kind of day. It was, you know, for me it was kind of, it felt like Christmas Eve. I hadn't been to Disneyland in a couple of years now, and so I couldn't sleep Thursday night. My plane left out of my hometown, first flight out, 
I landed in Orange County around 7.30, took a shuttle, got to my hotel, dropped off my bag, and I was at the theme park by about 8.45 in the morning. So that gave me about an hour and 15 minutes before my first Friends of the Magic official meet. But you were there probably for rope drop, I guess then, right? No, the park opened at 8 o'clock. I did miss oh. rope drop. Ah, I think you did manage to, to sort of be there for rope drop, though, on Saturday, which uh, we have a sound recording of you eating breakfast. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, I was definitely there in time for a rope drop. And it um, sounds like you got some audio of rope drop, which we will share later. Not on this episode, but... Uh, I was able to go... And I was debating with my friends and on social media all week what was what was going to be the first thing I do when I get to Disneyland because I, I didn't know do I go to California Adventure and ride Radiator Springs Racers because I have never seen Cars Land do I go to Space Mountain because I know that's awesome I've never rode it it was down when I went in 2009 they were doing a complete refurb over at Walt Disney World so I never got to ride it. Oh, I'm sorry. My sob story. <laughs> I was thinking maybe Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe Splash Mountain, so I could dry out before the meets all started. True. Of Plus, if you hit it early, I suppose uh, you'd probably beat the crowds of people who are going to be there like, oh, it's really hot, I need a water ride. Of everything we talked about, I didn't do any of them. I walked, by, I walked by the Indiana Jones Temple of the Forbidden Eye. And it had a 10-minute line. And so with only a 10-minute wait for Indiana Jones, which is normally 45 minutes to an hour, it was yeah, perfect. popular ride. Very popular ride. So I jumped right on there and rode that for my first ride and had a great time. I went on Pirates after that. Then I went to Main Street USA to do a ride on the Disneyland Railroad where I got to meet the one and only Ricky Berganti. Who went from lowly podcaster to a, a little bit of a minor celebrity in his own way. <laughs> and you know what? Talking to him, and I actually got sat next to him on the train. We actually had a decent conversation for a little while. Um, he and you didn't record it? I forgot to pull out the record. I, I, I was geeking out because I listened to Inside the Magic every week. Yeah, that was the first podcast I started listening to. And so I, I was sitting right behind Scott and Tracy Morris from, um, oops, sorry, edit that out. They don't like using their last names. Oh, Scott and Tracy, though, from Disney, Indiana. Speaking of last names, that's a funny story, which uh, I forgot to share. I'll share it at the end of the show. Um, so I was with um, Scott and Tracy from Disney, Indiana. They're in front of me. Rookie's right next to me. All kinds of fun selfies got posted online from that. Yep. Um, had a great time. And... I may have made an impression with Ricky. I introduced myself by saying, Hi, my name is Boba Fett. <laughs> you won't remember you will not remember my name anyway, so I'm just gonna tell you that. Uh, <laughs> so we had a good laugh and I did introduce myself properly. And we we had a good little conversation. Uh as part of that train ride. Uh, we were going past the It's a Small World um, clock. And we, we our, our meet, Ricky's meet, filled an entire train car. Wow. Well, because everybody has listened to his show. Right, and everybody was there. So the, our entire car started singing, It's Small World. 
And then we roll, then we started singing, it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Of course. And even the conductors were singing along with us. Oh, that's fun. Oh, It was awesome. I hope at least maybe he had a recorder going and we'll share it on his show. Someone recorded, I know that. All right, well, we'll just have to keep listening to see who shares it. You know, that would actually be funny if I'd have managed to get there. I would have tried to see if... So, oh, by the way, if I told you my name on my podcast, so would you remember that I've actually been on the show a couple of times on Inside the Magic? For anyone who's keeping score, uh, I actually won a prize, uh, of, a, and I have it here. It's an Epic Mickey 2 shirt that unfortunately is too small for me. It is a size large. If I was like a teenager, it might not have even fit me because I was too. I was wearing an XL at that point. Uh, but I do have that shirt that I actually won. And then over the course of the year, I've called in with some fun kind of Disney happening, some Disney stories a couple of times. One where there was a Christmas card sent to Mickey Mouse that that I found on my route, uh, and also uh, as I volunteer at historical site. Uh, I was using Frozen to kind of explain how they used to cut up ice cubes and stuff. And uh, one kind of bigger thing that I did do, and this is important that I bring it up because it's coming again, but uh, Toon Fest in Marceline, Missouri, I actually called in to Inside the Magic and gave a report uh, while I was standing underneath Walt's Dreaming Tree. And it's a fun time to bring that up again because we're coming up on that again. It's usually the first Saturday in September if you go to... Toonfest, I believe, .org or .net. Uh, well, just do a Google search for Toonfest. I am going out there again, and I am planning on a meetup. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, I'll get a nice bumper made, and we'll try to get as many Disney fans out there as possible who are already maybe planning to come out to Marceline to come and say hello. And I, uh, I am I'm planning on having a couple of prizes. So... Side note, but yeah, I don't know if he would even have been like, oh, wait a minute, Neverland Podcast Jeremy, yes, you've called into the show about four times now. I had no clue. But I'll I'll, I'll talk mostly about Friday because I have a lot of audio from Saturday and Sunday from our our meet and other meets that we will hear. Well, we'll hear our meets today. Yes. But we'll hear the other meets. We'll hear about other meets and other attractions in coming weeks. Uh, Yeah, you've got a lot of audio. Friday, for the most part, was kind of a play day for me. Yeah. Uh, there's There was only two other meets. One was with Brian Summer playing in Fantasyland with the Legends of Frontier... Sorry, Frontierland. Uh, play, the Legends of Frontierland meet, which is kind of an interactive game. Yeah, and it's then that we had, new thing they got going this year. Yeah, that new thing there. And then also Paul Barry's Congaloose meet. Which um, is typical. He does that every every Friday Every night. week. And it's a lot of fun. I've been there twice now, and it is a great time. But so Friday, Friday for the most part was a play day. I was going off through the park all by myself, and I had some amazing bucket list type events happen. I got to actually ride in the train engine with the engineers going around the railroad one time, and learned a lot about trains from the audio that I've already heard. Which learned a lot sharing. about trains. It was. It was an amazing experience. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not a huge train guy, but I had tears in my eyes by the time we were done. Aww. And then right after that, I got to experience the flag retreat ceremony, and we'll share that audio closer. We have something special planned for that one. I know that already. Yep, very special, and uh, that's something else that you are allowed to shed some tears on while listening to, because I, if I was actually there and witnessing the whole thing, I think I probably would. 
absolutely guilty of that. And I'm no a sentimental shame, sap. No shame in it. No shame in that. Exactly. Um. Then let's see. I got to complete the. I, I call it the Disney Mountain Circuit, which <laughs> is Space Mountain, the Matterhorn, Frontierland, um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and Splash Mountain. And I got that in about two and a half, three hours. No yodeling is, required. No yodeling required. No leader hosing required. <laughs> so, did uh, the Matterhorn kill your back as bad as what I hear? You know what? I ended up doing the Matterhorn about three or four times. Wow. Um, it didn't kill my back too terribly much. It, it, it was not gentle. It is not gentle. But it's not, a, it's not the back killer everyone says it is. And it might depend upon what shape your back is in or something. I have a pretty bad back as it is. Hmm. Um, but my my back then even I was carrying a backpack which had about fifteen pounds in it. It felt like, um, and so even after carrying a backpack all day long, going to the Matterhorn several times, my back was never bothering me. What was killing me at the end of the day was my feet. Oh, I'll bet. And I I, I know that Tracy found out she was walking about twenty nine thousand steps a day. Which, Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's a good, good weight loss program, I guess. Yes. <laughs> because you can hardly afford to eat in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that helped with Walt Disney World is we had the meal plan. But even then, I, I just didn't feel hungry the whole time I was there. And uh, when I was hungry, I was just I was eating fruit and milk at the resort because the fruit is so good and so filling down there in Florida. Oh, excuse me. The burp seems fitting for me to burp right there. <laughs> but for for me, one of the funnest things was actually doing the Columbia Riverboat meet that we had on Saturday afternoon. Well, of uh, course. How, how did it go? It went well. We had about 18 to 20 people show up. It was actually, honestly, probably the least attended meet of the weekend. And that's only because the meet previously ran long Mm. And so a lot of people just missed the boat, quite literally. Oh. So people are standing at the end going, oh, wait, Neverland, come back. But we had, we had a meet scheduled for one thirty, and there was another meet scheduled for, scheduled for 3 o'clock. The boat set sail at one forty, and we would not sail again until about 2.10. Wow. So, so we, we had to go. Uh, the unfortunate thing is we did try and call Jeremy so he could be part of Friends of the Magic. <sighs> yeah, we tried. We we tried our very best and it just didn't work out. The speakerphone on my iPhone. It was a good speakerphone, just not when you have about thirty thousand of your closest friends in the same general area. Yeah, but I have heard the audio, which we will share right now. Okay, all right. Never been on this either. Yay! First time for everything. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a preview. It's hot. <laughs> And it's even hotter if you go down into the hole. Yes, I, I do apologize. It is one of the hottest parts of the day. Didn't think that part pulled through. But I would say go downstairs because a lot of times people never yeah. go down to take a look down below. If you can stand in the heat, it's sweet down there. I'll be comfortable later in the day. Maybe it's 
Microphone, he wants to say something real fast. So we Hi, have. It's not going to work out. Hey, Jeremy, it's just too loud here. I'm sorry. We'll catch you another time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Uh, but on behalf of Jeremy and myself, we do welcome you to our meet. Uh, we're glad to have you all here. Um, Neverland Podcast is fairly new. We're still growing our wings, so to speak, growing our feet, learning what we're doing. But we're more of everything that's available out there, not just Disney. We look at the pop culture, comic books, video games, current movies. And so we'd love to have you all listen to us. It's just going to look back at our, child, our childhoods. And we have a very special guest star coming on soon, talking about Doctor Who. We'll talk later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so please check us out. Aside from that, I, I also personally write a blog called Quester Vault Disney. Park history, history of the studios of Disney Legends. And I'd also love for you to check that out. I'll give you a card for that as well. Uh, since we can get on, we'll go ride the ceiling ship Columbia. I have one trivia question, and there is a prize. So, prize coming. Who wants a prize? Me, me, me. Okay. First person who can tell me what nighttime attraction the ceiling ship Columbia is a part of wins a prize. Joe had his hand in the air. Congratulations. Did I get everyone a business this car? I saw some people come in late. Did you get one?
vessel on just right here, these two levels there is a passive But you are required by law to say that you are the king of the world when you do it. so I can have my camera ready. All aboard. Uh, yes. Uh, it sounds like Clinton wants to go front. We must throw. So whosoever falls overboard will be staying overboard. And it will be duly noted in the ship's log, lost at sea. Since this is a fine wooden ship, you may not smoke or be starting any on-deck fires. The only fire permitted on board is in the galley. Attention, marineros. Para un viaje seguro, no se sienten los pasamanos exteriores, ni coloque sus niños en ellos. Vigilen a los pequeños marineros y recuerden... Yeah, wherever we can find enough room for everybody. Gracias. Flexible mind. You guys are taller, so it's easy to spot. <laughs> That's what one person should have like a flag. Like the other day when they first had their yeah. That was a great that was a great clue. I mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was awesome. So they're here in the park today. But they'll they'll hook up with us. I don't know if today, but at least tomorrow. Saw the post on something from Friends of Magic. They said yeah, we're exhausted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing it like noon. Yeah, I think. And we're at the pool. I mean, they're staying at the Grand California. And um, yeah, it's a really cute room. They have all beds, really safe. But the pool, of course, in the Grand California is really nice. So that's where I would chill out. <laughs> we, we, we stayed there. We didn't go to the pool because it was too cold. It was January. Oh. So I was like, it's heated. If you can. 
I mean, this is a long shot. Yeah. But somehow get somebody from KTLA. Yeah, they've like been ignoring me. I mean, I did talk with them a little bit.
to explore the Pacific Northwest. It was in 1792 that this very ship ran the sand rock and discovered a mighty river which we named the Columbia after the first ship to sail our waters. Just ahead, a tribe of plains Indians is set up camp by the river. During our voyages, we sometimes stop to barter and trade with local tribes. Villages like this one have helped many an explorer learn how to survive in this vast frontier. Since they have no written language, they pass down their tribe's history through stories and songs. There, the village shaman is sharing his knowledge with the young brave child's blood. Listen to his every officer in child's blood. Yeah, it's a horror film by little Chucky doll that comes to life. Well, you're into the genre. I'd love to be able to claim that I was any other genre. I guess I'm mini film historian, but not the niche yeah. stuff. Like you couldn't, you could catch me easily on Roger Corbin. Uh, the little shop of horrors. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that you would. Well, crew, it is time we be setting sail for home. No, a little bit of 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 a little bit Walmart is not a sponsor of the Neverland podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the uh, special edition movie that had the original ending on it. Yeah, the, the most recent release, uh, special edition. On there. That would be before Frank had the movie clout that he's got now, yeah. and un undoubtedly the studio insisted we need electricity and. <laughs> you got it, because before this, I was Miss Piggy, and I was a hammer. Yeah. I mean, that's always what you wanted. And for what? A good 20 years, prolific director. 
I mean, one of my favorite films that he did was just this little film, The Indian in the it's on the list. Along with your books. I don't know where you have the time. I know you do. Like I said, where do you find the time? I read when I brush my teeth. Off the starboard are the last remains of a dream. Rumored to carry out the functioning It lies in Smuggler's Cove, a place of dark and dangerous deeds and secret midnight meetings. We best be safe civilization. How do you come by way that? Do you read a lot? No, I research. That's pretty much it. I have a thirst for knowledge, and so I'm reading all the time, but like you, it's theater. It's all non-fiction. That's still It's hard, a little harder to measure how many web pages you put one book. I used to have Right. I mean, how do you quantify what you're reading when what you're reading is online and yes. usually with intent? But I just, I find myself lacking the patience of delving into a book. I have been immersed in books before, so like the runner's high, I know what it feels like. Yep. But, again, you've got to pick your priorities. Yep. Right now, my priorities are... Yeah, and I, I, I'm in awe of people who can memorize an entire script. Yeah. Right now, so well, am I, because I don't feel like case, I'm doing it. Because you're doing, you know, it's, yeah. I'm also, how many other people do you have to work off of? Yeah. That's, that's what blows my mind. You know, people who do one-man shows, or it's a very limited cast. All hands on deck. Difficult. Stand by to assure. Yard man, aloft. Into the footrolls. Burn the top gallants. Down with the flying jib. Big ready the bow anchor. Stand by all lines. Stand by the bow line, port side. Let go the bow anchor. Let go the catch. I want to be there now. It is a pleasure serving with you aboard the sailing ship Calop. The road to get to the first ship to carry the stars and stripes around the world. You've been a fine crew, and we hope you'll be sailing with us again soon. Backwards. All hands, prepare to go ashore.
final audience. So if you're in the live audience, we have been wiping my son. That's what I got. But I thought, no, I committed to it. I'll be the feeling of that. I've got to follow through. From hell or high water, I've got to follow through. Plus, I figured the best, I mean, the best thing I have to do with the great force is that I've learned something and I've pushed myself beyond all the love of myself. That's, that's exactly how I feel. With me. Yes. You read all the time. Look at this. These are made of ages. That's, that's, that's how anxious I am about this. When I got through spam a lot, I thought, okay, you, you were exposed to this. But it's not playing sympathy card or anything. When Dad died, part of my brain just shut down. That whole memorization. I had to ask my fellow castmates how those times to show me over and over and over again the choreography because it's part of that grieving process. That portion of your brain that stores those memories doesn't function. Alright, ladies all and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on the sailing ship Columbia. Please make sure to have all your belongings with you, cell phones, backpacks, your children. Please remember to take all that stuff with you. If you make your way down the stairs, please make sure to watch your step. If you have any children, please take them from me by the hand and help them down. Enjoy the rest of your day and this is magical. Over this gold
Thank you, Jesse. Thank, thank you, you for Mom. coming. Well, thank you, thank you. See your teacups. Well, if you're not us, come out. Well, well, it's a tea party with French of the Bread Smell. Let's just see your Thank you, thank you all for coming. Thank you, Mr. Hobbs. Yeah, that's great. Bye, as an editor's note, the sound effect with Chewbacca that you heard was to edit out what almost was the Neverland podcast first swear word from Gary Chambers of the Mouse Lounge podcast. I think he forgot we were recording. The well-trained ear in, in Disney podcasts will have recognized the voices of Gary Chambers, uh, Sarah from the... Uh, well, Gary Chambers, of course, at the Mouse Lounge, uh, and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland. Uh, you can hear uh, Tracy and Scott from Disney Indiana. Um, let's see, I, Clinton from Comedy Forecast. I re- remember hearing him, but yeah, who all else was there? Uh, you, do you hear say Michelle from the Disney Dream Girls? Oh, right, Michelle was there too. She was the distinct voice in there because she was the only uh, UK person <laughs> that was there. Well, her son was there, too. Well, yeah, and Kieran and everything. And you can tell him because he sounds like a kid, you know. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, you will hear Magic... Uh, not sorry, not Magic. Black Jack Joe. Um, one, of, one of the friends of the Wheel to the Magic podcast. And that is the Joe that we heard uh, winning the, uh, the prize we had. Yes, Black Jack Joe did win our trivia question. Which, of course, he won a... Peter Pan DVD. I don't think I heard anybody announce it there in the audio. Mm, I thought I did. Maybe I just, maybe I just held it up. I don't remember. And like, yay! It's a DVD. Movies. Movies are good prizes. Everybody loves going to the movies and seeing movies. And having them at home. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was a figured in a good appropriate price since we are the Neverland Podcast. we got to give away some Peter Pan. Absolutely. So then, after our meet, what happened then? After our meet, we ran over to Fantasyland and we had a trio of meets. Uh, we had a spot of tea with the um, Brunch with the Brits podcast, which was going on the Mad Tea Party um, teacups. Then we had um, Michelle from the Dream Girls. She did her Alice in Wonderland ride through. Which was her her ride. It was fantastic. I loved it. And it was her first time ever going on the ride. Oh. So that was even better. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, when you have about 35, 40 people at a meet and the caterpillars can hold three or four, you don't really get to experience everybody at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You just have to congregate later and say, so, did you see that? How cool was that? Did you see that? Yes, it was awesome. And then following that, we did go over to um, Mickey's Toontown, where we rode on Roger Rabbit with Scott and Tracy from Disney, Indiana. Hmm. Uh, Which I hear you had a bit of problems there, though. There was some uh, some 101. Was uh, Tony involved? Actually, the funny thing is Tony was not involved. Which is odd. For anyone who doesn't listen to a lot of Disney podcasts, it, it becomes kind of known that uh, Tony of Above the uh, the Firehouse is is becoming known as like Mr. 101 because he will show up to a ride and next thing you know it goes 101. And if you don't know what 101 means, that means the ride has gone down. Now, what's, what's funny is the ride went, went 101. 
and I didn't know it went 101. I was talking to Daniel Hale from um, the Disc Geek Podcast and the Ear Avengers, and we didn't realize the ride broke down. I didn't know it until I got back to my hotel room and was checking Facebook that night. So you didn't even try to get on the ride, or did, were you able to just hop on and off, and you're like, oh, I guess I did it? Uh, we, we, we were in line We were in line when the ride went down. Oh, so you didn't? You just thought it was a long wait? A we thought it was a line. long wait. Oh. We, we didn't even comment on how long we were waiting. It was kind of a natural progression for us. <laughs> so, so oh, the oh, ride was oh, down oh, while we were standing in line? That's exactly how I felt about it. <laughs> You're too busy singing "Smile, Darn You Smile," right? We they had sung that before we, me and Daniel got out there. We were one oh. of the last ones in the line. So that's how you got out of being recorded singing. That was my strategy. They did do a second singing of it, though, and we'll have that. If, that's being that will be played coming up soon on the Disney Indiana podcast, and we might have that audio later on as well. Ooh, well. And then we can critique you. Neverland Idol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, just call me Han Solo. Solo, you can't hear me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then after Disney Indiana... After Disney Indiana, it was mostly a playtime. Uh, a lot of people went over to the special... Um, Gary, oh, special meet host by Gary Chambers, where they got to meet Peter Rande and Corey Burton. And I was not, I was not part of that. Uh, but that will be played on the relaunch of the Mouse Lounge podcast coming up very soon, which I look forward to. As do I. That I, I hear it was a wonderful experience. Oh, I'll bet it was. Uh, the course, final, but, I do have designs on getting them both on our show at some point. But the 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 final meet of the day happened at eleven forty five, over in New Orleans Square. That was a frightening experience, wasn't it? Oh, it was so scary. <laughs> uh, our our meet. This was on August 9th, which was the forty fifth anniversary of the haunted mansion. Spooky. And so we arranged to be one of the last trips to ride. That night, we were in the last um, stretching room down to our doom buggies. Now, the ride is fantastic. There's, of course, audio coming later on. But check out my Facebook page for some amazing photos we took afterwards. It was, it was also the night of the supermoon. Ah, yes. And you had some amazing pictures of, the, of a nice full moon over the Haunted Mansion at midnight. Ah yes, uh, I think I share that at Neverland Podcast uh, on that on our Facebook page slash facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast. But I do want you to send me copies of, of a lot of these pictures so we can post them on NeverlandPodcast.com under the FOTM heading. Put a bunch of nice fun photos up for everybody to see. Yes, can you handle two hundred pictures at one time? Well, I can uh, create a gallery and I can just post them puppies up there, and we'll just uh, make it work. Oh, I got Jeremy. I need to tell you about the most amazing experience I had Friday night. I need to go back in time. Let me let me jump in the, jump, let, let me get let me get in the DeLorean. Sorry, we say Tardis around here because well, of course DeLoreans are cool too. But uh. DeLorean Tardis, take your pick. Take your pick. 
Take your now ti- do your ti- sound time effect. Time it's either your or it's yeah. So Friday night fireworks start at nine twenty-five. At nine twenty-four, I was on the platform for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So fireworks start going off. All over your head. I am not a guy who will normally put my hands up in the air on roller coasters. I'm six foot one with my hands in the air. I feel like I'm going to hit something. <laughs> Heck, I'm only 5'10", and I put my hands in the air. I feel like I'm going to hit something. But when you're going on Thunder Mountain Railroad during fireworks, this is called the Holy Grail by Disneyland fans. Yeah. Because you have to time it just perfectly to be on there. And I did it by dumb luck. <laughs> so I have my hands in the air, and I'm just pressing the um, shutter button on my iPhone over and over and over. From creepy old crypts. Just the most amazing experience. Actually, we have nine I'll have to add that to my bucket list. That sounds like it'd be cool. Put it on your bucket list. I will. In, I will email you those photos this evening so you can see them. Yes, I, and I got to share them with our listeners because they're going to absolutely, see absolutely. They'll be on the page by the time the show comes out. Yeah, because unfortunately, with uh, with Facebook, it reduces the quality of photos when you share them there, and so we won't be able to get the good quality unless we put them up on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Absolutely. So yes, check it out. Visit the website, see some pictures, and make plans to come next year. Yes, please come next year. We had this was called the best Friends of the Magic meet ever. And I believe it was because I was there for the first time ever. But next year it'll be even better because Jeremy will be there and he will be there too. We we have plans that hopefully I can get myself there now. Uh, Pixie Heather is a bit more practical than I am, and anytime I bring up, you know, I really would like to put some money away and to, to get that Disneyland trip in there. She's always, I'd like a house. <laughs> so she's the practical one around here. Uh, I am the the big kid. <laughs> so we'll see who wins come next year. Although I don't think we could succeed in having a house, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, just maybe, I'll find a way. Well, heck, you can actually help me out with that because you are now uh, the sole proprietor or part of Up and Up Travel. How does that work? I am part of Up and Up Travel. I am not the proprietor of it. But I am a travel agent with Up and Up Travel. And we are solely a Disney-focused travel agency. We would love to help. I would love to help plan your next Disney vacation. And that's either Disneyland Disney World, Alani on Hawaii. Uh, Disney has their own little resort hotel there. Mm-hmm. The Disney Cruise Line. And there's also Adventures by Disney. Did you know you can go to Norway on a Disney vacation? And I'm sure it's a very frozen trip. You can go experience Southern California on a Disney vacation. Not just Disneyland. Not just Disneyland. But you'll have some very magical magical experiences at Disneyland. How about Disney Cruises? Can you do that? You can do Disney Cruises also. Awesome. And I would love to talk to you about that. Uh, you can email me at jesse at upanuptravel.com. We do have also a link on our website for Up and Up Travel. And I will be glad to give you a free, no obligation quote on any of the vacations that you would like to experience. And also don't forget to visit our other sponsors... 
which is simply got a large banner there. It is mycomicshop.com. Or is it my online comic shop? I think it's just my mycomicshop.com. And I will be posting some uh, links to purchase some original Sin comics since I did get into talking about that earlier uh, from Marvel. I'll just put in a big search link there so you can go and purchase some of these comics yourself. So uh, so that was the end of Saturday, though. Uh, I guess Sunday really wasn't part of the event, or was there some more events on Sunday? Oh, there definitely were more events on Sunday. Because now that we've had our commercial break, we get back to it. <laughs> exactly. Sunday, again, was a very busy day. Um, started off with Clinton from ComedyForecast.com. That's with the number four. With yep. Jungle Cruise Bingo. And that was just a fun little... It was supposed to be a fun sailing through the Jungle Cruise, and we had a lot of fun. But the microphone was broken. Oh, no. It's hard to hear the phrases that you're looking for in your bingo card when there's no microphone. Oh, so what, he made, like, cards with all the different uh, cliché Jungle Cruise jokes, and you had to mark them off as you heard them? This was awesome. Clinton <laughs> went, and he, he, he listened to 40 different versions of the Jungle Cruise through YouTube. Wow. And he made, uh, uh, on a spreadsheet, he actually listed out all the phrases that he heard often that you would hear sometimes, and you would hear regularly. I mean, not regularly, but rarely. My goodness. And then he then he went and he put one of each for, uh, those categories onto a bingo card. <laughs> oh, man. And he gave out 40 unique bingo cards. No two were alike. Wow. And he gave and he had a drawing for whoever got all three phrases. And he had a drawing to win a prize afterwards. So I guess then a few people actually managed to complete a bingo then. There were seven people who got a complete bingo. Wow. Which is more than he was expecting. <laughs> Good thing he had a drawing to do after that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, after that, we had lunch with the Diz Geeks at the Hungry Bear Restaurant, which is my favorite restaurant on property. Um, then we had a slight scavenger hunt. And then one of the amazing experiences were our podcast cousins, Skywalking Through Neverland. We filled an entire Star Speeder for Star Tours. Except for like two seats, I think they said. <laughs> uh,. Possibly. I don't remember. But yes. And Kieran, apparently, uh, the son of Michelle from the uh, Disney Dream Girls, apparently was the rebel spy. Yes, he was the rebel spy, and that was awesome, especially for him. He had such a great time there. He was probably the youngest person there, too, in the group. Yeah, he was. <laughs> hey, uh, Jeremy, you hit pause for me, please. Land meet. We went. We we ran over to um, Flo's in California Adventure, and we had a nice little dinner there. And actually, we had some special guests of honor there. Uh, we talked about the 45th anniversary for the Haunted Mansion. Uh, we had the Medina family who won a local LA contest to spend the night in the in the Haunted Mansion on Friday night. 
Yeah, and that's a funny story with that because I was trying to uh, record the streaming video of that, but I forgot to uh, adjust the settings on my uh, streaming recorder to actually record from the computer and not from my microphone as it is set by default. So I ended up recording a lot of video with no audio. Uh, so otherwise, I was going to share some of the audio because there was a lot of fun watching them uh, throughout the night as they were making their stay. In fact, uh, and uh, Adam did uh, talk about this a little bit on uh, the last Skywalking Through Neverland. But at some point, someone asked him to uh, go and react, reenact a scene from Gladiator, which he did, and it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, and I was going to use that audio because I thought it was so funny. And I was just laughing, but uh, then I turned out I don't have the audio. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was too busy playing the parks. I never did watch the streaming or anything, so I only so I got to meet them and hear their stories, but I didn't see all their experiences. I'm hoping that some of the video will get released officially in some capacity by KTLA or something like that. Uh, we will see what happens. I have yeah. no idea. I'll have to keep an eye on it. And then the, the very last thing that I attended was the Life Can Be a Dream Meet, hosted by Lori Gregory. Of uh, what show? Uh, she is just a fan. Oh, so it's just a fan-led kind of show. Yes. Wow, spiffy. But anyway, and this isn't something I have never experienced before because I've never seen Cars Land before. But every night at dusk, they turn, they play the song "Life Life Could Be a Dream." Shabu, shabu. Exactly. Shabu, shabu. And then the and, neon and lights come on. They turn on all the neon lights. And it's beautiful. It was, it was so much that it inspired you to dance with some guy named Brian. <laughs> yes. Well, Laura held a contest to see who could do the best performance to the song. <laughs> and a lot of our podcasting friends are couples like Scott and Tracy. Yep, saw them dancing as well. Uh, Sarah and Richard. I don't think they were on the video that I saw. They were there. Unfortunately, I had to grab who was ever was nearby. <laughs> and I won a recount. <laughs> yeah, should have won because you were two guys dancing together. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Which wins you comedy points. Because who do well, you and, determine and the, who's going to lead at that point, you know? Well, and, and we both comment to each other. I don't lead. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the blind lean the blind I guess so I was like yeah uh, I really don't know how to lead and in fact I'm really not good a very good dancer so uh, we'll just kind of uh, I know let's do the high school sway uh, exactly but we had a good <laughs> we had a good time and the entire the entire weekend was awesome there you are but uh, so what else happened that was the end of Sunday uh, that, was, that was the end of Sunday and then the meet the only thing that happened after that was I went shopping and I went to bed and I slept hard. Well, yeah, after a day, a couple of a whole weekend like that, and then you had to fly back Monday morning. Uh, flew back Monday afternoon. I decided to take a later flight, just kind of sleep in and enjoy the hotel. Well, sure, you're gonna pay that much for a hotel. You might as well enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, it was a nice, comfortable bed too. Uh, you know what? After going full throttle and going twenty nine thousand steps every day, I could have been on some plywood. I wouldn't care. <laughs> You know, that's the thing with me. Uh, I have a hard time sleeping in strange places, and I have to have conditions set just right in order for me to sleep. That Walt Disney World, I don't think, when I was there, I don't think I slept really hardly the entire time. 
I think I did doze a little on the plane, although it was it was like some of my first time flying, and so any shutter the plane made, I was like, "What's going on?" Uh, and and we hit some bad weather on the way back, and so the plane was shaking around, and so there was no sleeping on the way back. But uh, it was kind of odd because Heather didn't get to go with me, so. Uh, uh, once you've kind of got to the point of leaving the parks and you're headed home, all you have left is how much you actually miss the people you left behind. And so that's all you can think about is just wanting to be home. Uh, so, so I fear you missed your daughters and things like that. I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, but you know, we had a great, I had a great time though, being there with everyone, meeting so many new people and making so many new friends. And hopefully a lot of these new friends are checking us out. I did over here. I think it was Gary Chambers, um, and I think it was during our meet. I'll have to go back and re-listen to the audio, which our listeners have already heard now. But I think it was him who was like, the Neverland Podcast. I don't think I've had a chance to listen to that. Well, hopefully you've gotten a chance to listen, and hopefully you're having fun. Hi, Gary. (laughs) Hello to any new listeners who have discovered us, because Jesse was wandering around in a very cool T-shirt. And if you did discover us through Friends of the Magic... Let us know you're listening. Sure. Let us know what if you had some fun experiences at Friends of the Magic. If there's a meet you went to that Jesse didn't get to and you'd like to tell us about it, please do podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Or what's that voicemail again? Uh, 816-226-6492. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. And I guess we're about ready to wrap this thing up, right? I think that this is a show. But hopefully y'all had a good time because that's what our show is about. We want to get together. We want to have fun. We want to always believe in our dreams and never give up on them. And we want to keep that pixie around in our pockets. That way we can pull around anytime we need to be able to spread a little bit of pixie dust around for ourselves and some of our friends. And try try your best to just always have that good magic type of... Uh, attitude um and you know something also i brought up last week that i would really like to hear back from some people on is maybe share some stories of either you yourself or someone else you know or whatever just doing something nice for somebody that maybe spread just a little bit of pixie dust it doesn't have to be anything big but maybe just some nice gesture somebody did that you were appreciated that you would like to share uh feel free to email or call that into us and share it we want to be able to to hear about the pixie dust in everyday life because every day has got its own pixie dust so that we're, we're holding on to that but until next week we'll just say god bless and to disney and beyond What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.